To all who come to this happy podcast, welcome. Hi, I'm Scott Jacobs, and this is season two of The Mouse and Me. On the show, I'll chat with my pals who come from all walks of Disney life, including Imagineers, dancers, technicians, directors, musicians, and stuntmen, and Broadway friends who have worked on stage and behind the scenes. We'll talk attractions, shows, food, characters, tips and tricks for planning your trip and navigating the parks, and more. Now, put on your Mickey ears or your princess crown and enjoy season two of The Mouse and Me. Good morning, afternoon, or evening, everyone, and welcome to the show. As always, I'm your host, Scott Jacobs. Last week, Roz and I had a great chat about her amazing Broadway career, including her Broadway debut in Ain't Misbehavin, her time as Matron Mama Morton in Chicago, her advice for young performers today, and we talk about her character Thalia, the muse of comedy in Hercules. I'm so excited for you to listen to part two of my interview with Roz today, where she discusses her animated projects, her time in Disneyland, and her love of the turkey legs. She also shares her favorite restaurants, attractions, characters, and so much more. And now, part two of my conversation with Roz Ryan. Of all the animated projects you worked on, which one is your favorite? Hercules. Hercules. Why? Because it was my first, and it was just one of the most fabulous things that I thought I'm so privileged to be able to do this. It was it was new. It's like my first Broadway show, Ain't Misbehaving. These things are new that I had not anticipated. I didn't I didn't aim for this. Mm-hmm. This was gifted to me. And as I got into it, I'm like, oh wow, this is something else I can do. It at this time in my life, I'm very grateful for animation because my body doesn't want to work hard. My body doesn't want to do eight shows a week. I've done it for 40 years. I got a letter from Equity celebrating my 41st anniversary. Congratulations. Thank you, sir. (laughs) And I looked at it and I said, wow, I think I kind of earned my stripes. So now I'm, I haven't been back to New York in three years. Gotcha. I'm settled in California and I'm doing voiceovers and I'm doing uh, television shows and it's cool. It's cool. Can you talk a little bit about Kim Possible, Lilo and Stitch, Buzz Lightyear of Star Command, and Mickey Mouse Funhouse? Ah, uh, yeah, those are all Disney. That's <laughs> Jamie Thompson. Um, Lilo and Stitch. I was Dr. Okra, who was based on Oprah Winfrey. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Kim Possible, I was Wade's mom. She didn't have a name. I, I mentioned that one time in, in the studio. I said, she needs a name. Because it's kind of more important when you have a name. But she didn't have a name. She was just Wade's mom. <laughs> in, in the last, I'd say, 15 years, I've been a tree. I've been a bear. I've been, <laughs> I've been a lot of things in the last 15 years. Um, Disney with Jamie Thompson was my producer for a lot of the, um, Disney stuff that I did. I used to call him my future ex-husband because he kept me employed. Um, but Disney was more so after Hercules for the next three, four, five years that parlayed into Nickelodeon cartoon network, Warner brothers. Mm Mm-hmm. And that was that doggone gift that keeps on giving. 
It's like the voiceover, people ask me, how do I get into the voiceover industry? And I say, you know, it's a really small circle. It's hard to get in. I was ushered in. And I don't know how they connected, but the calls started coming. I auditioned for certain things and they happened. But my Disney years with Jamie Thompson were the the best because it was all new to me and it was something new that I didn't know that I could do. And Disney was the main people that allowed me to develop the characters myself as opposed to being told what to do. I remember I walked in one day on one of the sessions and I said, how old is she? And uh, what do you want? What kind of voice do you want? And they said, we just want you. Mm. And I was absolutely flattered. How often do you get to the parks? Often. I, I had um, um, a membership at Disneyland. I had okay. a pass back and forth, no limits, no blackouts, no nothing. Because I came home one time from New York and I said to myself, people fly here, pay to be in hotels to go to Disneyland. And it's in my backyard. Mm-hmm. So it's just kind of dumb to have all this available and not do it. But then I know there are people who live in New York that have never been to Broadway. Right. So I think I, I started to really take advantage of it. I, I realized that at some point, I wasn't living, I was working. And I wasn't really having a life other than work because I was working so much. I remember when I bought my house, I was in it 10 days before, it was during the um, 9-11. And I was doing a show called Danny. And 9-11 shut that show down. And they called me from New York and they said, we need you more backstage than we do on stage which I thought was just the the best compliment because I'm kind of funny and I'm kind of happy and I kind of give people juice. Mm -hmm. And I went to New York nine days after, 10 days after I bought my house, I got everything in it, got it all set up, hung the art, did all my stuff. And when I went to New York, I stayed a year, one year. And so I realized that I was, coming and going so much that I wasn't living. I had a a winter suitcase and I had a summer suitcase, which you call season change. Mm -hmm. They would allow me to come home and do a season change, but I'd go right back. And I would do it from the road. I would come in with, from, from some warm climate and I would grab the winter suitcase and I'd go back out. So I wasn't living, I was working. And then one day I came back and it was Disneyland that really hit me. And I said, this is right in my backyard and I don't enjoy it. I don't go do it. I checked in a hotel at Disneyland and I stayed a week. Nice. I did take my grandkids and I took a friend of mine and we just stayed a week. And we just park hopped and ate and just went and had fun. And that's the day that I bought the season pass. What's something that brings you instant joy in Disneyland? Damn smoked turkey legs. (laughs) I remember me and my granddaughter, it was late one night at Disneyland and it was getting ready to close. And we ran around the whole park looking for the doggone turkey legs. And we found them. They are massive and tasty. Baby, they're so good. Yeah, they are. 
they are so good. And everybody else, all my friends were riding rides and me and my grandbaby were sitting there eating smoked turkey legs. <laughs> they are so good. I think too, the joy of watching children embrace Disneyland because it's a fascinating place. It's, it's paradise. You do nothing there but eat and ride and laugh and it's cool. Mm-hmm. It's cool. I love, there's a Mexican restaurant that has the best guacamole in the world in mm. downtown Disney. Tortilla Joe's. Hello. <laughs> best guacamole. And they come and make it at your table and they ask you if you want it spicy or who? <laughs> little things in life. But you know what? It's the little things that are huge. It's huge. It's huge. I've gone to Disneyland just to go to downtown Disney to get to Guap. So here's one for you. You, Roz Ryan, get to create a new stage show for a Disney park. What kind of show are you creating and in what park will it be? Well, it would definitely be a musical. But I think what I would do, and boy, this would be costly. Hmm. I would create a kid's show. Hmm. I would create a kid's show with like a winter wonderland and somewhere where they could just be themselves and show off and party and just colorful and, and musical and just insane. But I said it'd be expensive because you had to pay to have children. Mm-hmm. You got to pay them babies and they got to be out at a certain time and mm-hmm. they can only work a certain amount of time. But I would think a kid's show is something that they don't do at Disneyland. I'm going to Disneyland in a week, I think, to see a friend of mine, Regina. Um, I've seen her do two shows there. Oh, I guess they reemploy their people. I should check that out. <laughs> but I would create a kid's show and it would be just full of, of color and laughter and letting them be kids. What park? Oh, Disneyland. Mm-hmm. Disneyland. I love that theater at Disneyland. Mm-hmm. I love that theater. What's a Disney movie that hasn't been on Broadway yet that you think should be? That's a good one. A Disney movie that hasn't been on Broadway that I think should be. The Princess and the Frog. Mm, my goodness, that would be amazing. Yeah. What's the one thing you miss the most when you're not at Disney? Damn turkey leg. That's just, that is going to live with me forever. I can pack up. I can go today if I feel like it. (laughs) That's right. Roz, I'd like to switch gears for a bit and play some Disney games. Are you down for some Disney games? I'm down. I hope my memory serves me. And now it's time to play Huey, Dewey, and Louie. Roz, I know you've been to the Disney parks a lot, and that Disneyland park is your favorite. For this game, I'm going to name three things that are associated with the Disneyland Resort, and you have to rank these things in the order you prefer. Are you ready? I'm ready. 
We'll start with attractions. So Huey, Dewey, and Louie, Haunted Mansion, Soarin', Pirates of the Caribbean. Soaring. Okay, what's next? Haunted Mansion. Mm-hmm, and then Pirates. Uh, do you prefer the original, Soarin' Over California, or the new one, Soarin' Around the World? The original. Mm-hmm. I miss the orange groves. I miss the pine and the mm-hmm. golf courses because I felt like I could kick the golfers in the head. <laughs> yes, yes. They swing and the golf ball almost gets you and then you yeah. you, you feel like you're but so close. Pine, going through the, through the pine trees and you smell the pine. Mm. We showed up, and I've told this story uh, before on, on, on the show, but my wife and I and the kids were out there and we showed up to Soren. And it said Soarin' Over California. And we're mm-hmm. thinking, they've retired that show. And they brought it back. Mm-hmm. It was a special thing, and they just brought it back. And evidently, they do that every once in a while. Mm-hmm. I love it. Well, they brought it back because people love it. I mean, that used to be one of the longest. That one and um, the Cars. Oh, yes. Was two of the longest lines at Disney. Speaking of cars, let's move on to transportation. So Huey, Dewey, and Louie. Huey, Dewey, and Louie. Disneyland Railroad, monorail, sailing ship, Columbia. Monorail, railroad, sailing ship. Isn't that monorail something just, uh, it's so beautiful. I I want to know people who design that stuff. Mm-hmm. I look at it and I go, who designed this? Mm-hmm. The brain that came up with the idea. It's beautiful. It is. Now the shows. Disney's Aladdin, A Musical Spectacular, Frozen at the Hyperion, Tale of the Lion King. Aladdin, Tale of the Lion King, Hyperion. Aladdin because the genie, I saw it on Broadway, I saw it at Disneyland, and I've seen it on tour. And whoever plays the genie, the casting is impeccable. Mm Mm-hmm. Because every single genie I've ever seen has been absolutely wonderful. And what I liked at Disneyland was that they modernized the genie. So the genie dealt with today's issues. Mm -hmm. And there were certain jokes that were today. Mm -hmm. And I really really thought that was smart. But I love the genie. I love Robin Williams. He was the best genie in the world. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. So we touched on this earlier. So I I know what your number one is. So... I'm curious to know what number two and three is. So restaurants at Downtown Disney. Uh, we have Earl of Sandwich, Ralph Brennan's Jazz Kitchen, Tortilla Joe's. Tortilla Joe's and Senor Frog. Mm. I had to come out of you. Senor Frog. <laughs> okay. Have you ever eaten at Ralph Brennan's Jazz Kitchen? No. Do you like beignets? No. Well, then don't go there. I've had them in Louisiana. I don't like them. I think they are just dope. I don't know what the fascination is over beignets. I mean, for me, it's it's hot dough with powdered Powdered. sugar. Yeah. It's everything that's bad for you. (laughs) I think that's why I don't like them. It's like wasted calories. Mm -hmm. It's like if I'm going to have some calories, give me some chocolate and leave me alone. (laughs) So, so obviously, Tortilla Joe's, you know, you mentioned that before, the guacamole that they make tableside. Oh, guacamole. And Senor Frog, fish and chips. All right. 
Now restaurants in Disneyland Park. Carnation Cafe, Blue Bayou, Mint Julep Bar. Blue Bayou, Mint Julep Bar. What do you usually get at the at Blue Bayou restaurant? Margarita. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever had the gumbo? Yes, I've had the gumbo. It's good. It's really good. Mm-hmm. But I start with the with the Cadillac margarita. Okay. <laughs> As you should. As I should. I will. I, I know your first one here. So uh, the next one is snacks. Dole Whip, turkey leg, Matterhorn macaroons. I'm going to answer for you the turkey leg. Turkey leg. <laughs> What's second and third? Uh, the macaroons. Yeah, you like the macaroons next? Yeah. And then Dole Whip last. And Dole Whip last. Okay. All right. And lastly, the characters, the genie, Jack Skellington, Jesse the Cowgirl from the Toy Story movies. Okay, genie, Jesse, and Jack. Okay. Yeah, I I have to say your take on the genie is spot on. You know, uh, when we saw the show in Disneyland, the genie was very topical. Yeah. You know, and we saw it twice, and the shtick was different. It was, and it was great. It was so today. Mm-hmm. And I was fascinated with that. I was like, okay, they changed this, um, I guess, with everything that happens on the news, because he even put the, the, the what do you call them people, the Kardashians, he even put them in there. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was, that was so smart because it was identifiable for people. It's like when I talk about Sherman, I, I oh God, some people ask me, who is that? And I'm like, oh my God, read a book. Mm. It, it it blows me that these young people nowadays know nothing of the history of the area that they're pursuing or the work that we've all put in that they think they want to be. And I, I was doing, this is, I was doing a show once, uh, Scandalous. And one of the young girls in the show, I was in my dressing room and I was playing Sarah Vaughn. And a young girl came down to my room and she said, oh, my God, she sounds so good. Who is that? And mm. I said, sweetie, sit down. I said, if you want to call yourself a singer, you need to do research on real singers. She said, well, you know, I'm into Janet Jackson and Paula Abdul. I said, do, baby. <laughs> Janet, maybe, yeah. But sit down. Just listen. And then I made a, a CD for her. Of Paul, of um, Sarah, Dinah, Lena, Carmen McRae, Betty Carter, and I gave her the CD, and she came to me about a week later, and she said, "Oh my God, I never knew that was that kind of singing." Mm. I've done that for. I gave Christy Brinkley. His, I was looking at an old email from her. Christy did Roxy in Chicago, mm-hmm. and she was warming up one day to this. Very generic, la 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 la. And I went downstairs and I said, Christy, I'm gonna make you a warm up tape that I want you to start working with. She was so gracious and so wonderful, and she also had a bowl of lemons in her room, which I took. And I said, Do not eat lemons; they dry your vocal cords. I don't know who told you this. I know it's an old myth, but no. Hot water, honey, and a little brandy when you ain't working. <laughs> so I went home and I made her a tape of what I call black girl warm-ups. Mm-hmm. 
and they were strengthening, they strengthen your chords because it's not la, 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 la. It's, it's, you have to really just go in. And I gave it to her. She sent me an email one day and she said, Mama, I'm sitting here doing my black girl warm-ups. <laughs> <laughs> and she said it really made her voice better. So I think sometimes today these kids, some of them are famous for nothing. Some of them have extreme talent, mm -hmm. but they don't know history. And you have to research. I was listening to Sarah Vaughan when I was 17 years old. You have to research the greats to understand where the music came from mm -hmm. and what it means. You know, music today doesn't have a whole lot of meaning, but what it means, and it, it it's so... It's valuable to anybody who wants to be in this industry to go back and do some research and find out where this generated from, how this got here. Because we have people back in history that have given us such great gifts of music that we can learn from. But a lot of kids don't want to learn nothing. And I, I, don't ask me who Sarah Vaughn is. Don't ever ask me that. Ever. Ever, ever, ever. I know that when my wife teaches her acting students, she tells them, do the research. You have to look up the actors who are in this. You have to look up the history of this show, of this play. Yeah. And when I teach tap, which I'm teaching tonight, I always say to my students, listen to good music. And by good music, I mean, and I'll bring up, listen to Sinatra, listen to those arrangements, listen to Ella Fitzgerald, listen to all of these older artists because music today is very different than what it was when I was a kid and even before me. And mm -hmm. look, I, I'm not, you know, 200 years old, but I was born in, in a different era You did, and my musical tastes are very different. And I was very lucky in having amazing teachers and mentors and they taught me and, and I would just sit and listen to them talk and to them yeah. tell stories. And yeah. then I would take these mental notes and I would start doing my own research on the actors and actresses and musicians and singers that they were talking about. And yeah. wow, what a great education. It helps you in your process. If you really want to know, if you're doing tap, you must know who Gregory Hines is. You must know. Mm -hmm. You can't, you, you, you have no business doing it. If you don't know who that is, because that is the epitome of tap. One thing I always say to my tap students is, you know, look, the benefit of me owning the dance studio is I can take time and talk to you about the history of tap and talk to you about some of these tap dancers. You know, when I worked at other studios, they just wanted me to teach technique and teach choreography and that's it. They just want to dance, 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 dance. And that's fine, but you need to know where it comes from. So I sit the kids down and I talk to them about the history of tap, where the shim sham came from, who Henry Latang is, what he's done, who Gregory Hines is. And, and these kids don't know these names. And look, I didn't think that they would know the names, but at least now they've heard the names and now they yeah. can do their own research. And I and play clips in class. They have the internet access to look them up. Have you seen the clip of Gregory honoring Sammy? Yes, where he gets down and he kisses his shoes. Oh, my God. Yes. Let me show you something. Okay. It's sitting right here. Oh, wow. Look at that. That is a book. Nice. 
That's my germ. That's so cool. Hmm. Well, Roz, uh, thank you for for sharing that, and and thank you for playing Huey, Dewey, and Louie. Do you have time for Louis, one more Louis, game? Louis. <laughs> Do you have time for one more game? Absolutely. Excellent. This game is called "As the Nose Grows." Pinocchio, true or false? I'm going to give you a statement, and you have to tell me whether you think that statement is true or false. If I'm wrong, does my nose grow? We will find out. <laughs> the original Broadway production of Chicago opened in 1975 at the 46th Street Theater. In 1981, that theater was renamed the Richard Rogers Theater in honor of legendary composer Richard Rogers. True or false? Two Disney shows played at this same theater. False. Okay. That is correct. The the only Disney production to play that theater was Tarzan in 2006. And fun fact, it was the only Disney theatrical production without an out-of-town tryout. Wow. Isn't that neat? Yeah. The next one. You and I met and performed together at The Space in Las Vegas. And that theater is very close to a dance studio where I used to take tap lessons. True or false, Tony Award winner Henry Letang owned that studio and was my second tap teacher and mentor. I would say true. That is absolutely true. Yeah, I started dancing with him in 1993. It's been 30 years that I've been tap dancing. You know, I spoke to him while he was in the hospital before he passed because uh, Ben Vereen had gone to see, Ben is a good friend of mine and had gone to see him and he called me and I had a chance to even just say, I love you. Mm. And Ellie, mm. I was very close to the Latangs. He had the only film of the Peter sisters, which was me, Patty Austin and Amelia McQueen. And Henry had the only clip of our performance because it was cut from the movie. Mm. And I've been trying to get my hands on it for a hundred years and I cannot find it. Do you know his kids? Yeah, I talked to the kids and they told me they would get it to me, but that was 10 years ago. Mm. That was right after he passed. I talked to the kids because they still had Henry and Ellie's number. Mm -hmm. So I called the number and I talked to the kids and they said they'd get it to me, but they never did. Was Ellie on the set of the Cotton Club? She was around. Okay. Yeah, she was around. I remember he and Ellie invited me over to their house one night and they showed me all of the dance outtakes from the Cotton Club. Yeah. What great stuff. Yeah, we did. Um, it don't mean a thing if it ain't got that swing. Mm. And it got uh, cut. But in the new Cotton Club uh, CD that they released, if you don't blink, you can see me at the end when Gregory comes backstage and he has a little moment with the Peter sisters. Mm. Okay. So I finally found that. But um, yeah, the song got cut. It was an interesting um, um, moment because I'd never done a movie. And of course, me happy to be in the room. I used to get ridiculed for being so happy to be in the room. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it, it was an experience. But they wanted more gangster than they did music. So they cut us. But I remember sitting in the Silverfish with... Um, Francis Ford Coppola. He had a fondness for the Peter sisters. And one day we had lunch with him in the, in the, we called the silverfish and his thing, this big thing he had. Just um, experiences that I'm so grateful for. Mm -hmm. 
I'd love to get my hands on that. Try again. I don't know where they are. Uh, let, let me see if I could find out. Uh, I, I know some people still in Las Vegas and who, who are in LA who are still in touch with the family. Let, let, let me see what I can do. Well, there was a dancer here, Ivory. I can't think of Ivory's last name. One of the one of Henry's um, protégés. And he told me once that he had the footage and he would transfer it to CD for me, but he never did. It's like a, a, a bunch of promises, but people who never came through. Sure. I'll reach out to a few people. I'll, I'll see. I'll see if I can kind of get the ball rolling. That would be cool. Yeah. All right. That'd be cool. I have another one for you. Come on. After 26 years, Chicago is still the one musical with everything that makes Broadway shimmy shake. The show has been honored with six Tony Awards, two Olivier Awards, and a Grammy. True or false, Walt Disney was born in a quiet residential neighborhood just outside of downtown Chicago. True. It is true. Yes. While Walt is most often associated with Marceline, Missouri, where he grew up, and Los Angeles, where he created the Walt Disney Company, he was in fact born in a house that was designed and built by his parents, and both Walt and his brother Roy lived there until Walt was four years old. That's a piece of trivia I didn't know. Isn't that cool? Yeah. All right, I have one more for you. Hercules was released in 1997 and is the 35th film in the Disney animated canon and the 8th entry of the Disney Renaissance, a time when Disney returned to making more musical animated films. True or false, in 1997, the fully restored New Amsterdam Theater on Broadway reopened with the premiere of Hercules. That's very true. And you were there. (laughs) Me and my daddy, we were in the building. Can you tell me about the experience? I can tell you what my father said. I invited my father and my sister and my dad when when we were looking at it. <laughs> and my dad looked at me and he said, well, this is big. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, yeah, daddy, this, this is big. It was so wonderful to witness what, it, you know what? It, it, it's the fact that I'd never done that before. So doing it was an experience of the little girl glad to be in the room. But looking at the final production, to me, it was huge. And it was like, wow, I'm, I'm a part of this. And, and this is big. Mm-hmm. And I, I was just, um, I've been so grateful for everything that's happened in my life because they were things that I did not pursue. And that is only gifts from God. It's just like, you know, if you want to hear God laugh, tell him your plan. Because I was a recording artist in Detroit. That's all I wanted to do. The rest of it, I did not even think, I want to go to Broadway. I want to do television. I want to do movies. I want to do voiceovers. I've never thought of doing these things. They have just happened in my pattern of life. And at this point of my life, I just turned, well, now I'll be 72 in July. Mm. And at this point of my life, I'm able to relax and do exactly what I want to do. And I've learned that no is a beautiful word. It's, it's really a gorgeous word. And I've said no to a lot of things. I even told my agent, I've had my agent for 42 years. Mm. And I told my agent, if you want to drop me for saying no, it's cool. And he said, never. 
He said, what you're saying no to is your choice. So at this stage of my life, I want to live. I've turned my life into a um, um, a vacation. <laughs> <laughs> I'm traveling a lot for pleasure now. I go to Mexico twice a year to stay in a beautiful resort and spoil myself. I've been to Costa Rica, Jamaica, Tahiti. I'm going on a cruise on Saturday. Mm. I'm just enjoying my life. And you should. It's something that I wasn't doing. I, I was living and working and living. And I was having a wonderful time, but it was work, work, work all the time. And I didn't know anything else. And when the damn-demic came, and I refer to it as the damn-demic because that's what it was, but it taught me that I could be still, that I could really relax. And then I just, once it was, it, it's not over, but once it was under certain control, I just started traveling. Mm-hmm. Because I always enjoyed the road, but I was always working and I couldn't enjoy all of the things of the road because I had to be at the theater at a certain time. I had to do this at a certain time. I had to be at put-ins and rehearsals. Now, I just travel and lay by swimming pools and go snorkeling and go to the beach and it's cool. I like it. Nice. Well, Roz, thank you for playing Huey, Dewey, and Louie. And yeah, as the yeah, nose yeah. grows, I, I hope you had a good time. I had a great time. I have five questions for you to end this interview in honor of the Disney Fab Five, Mickey, Minnie, Donald, Goofy, and Pluto. Who is your favorite Disney character from the movies? Mickey. Mm-hmm. Mickey. Mm-hmm. He's my boyfriend. <laughs> Mickey. I I wear Mickey Mouse t-shirts at my age. I wear Mickey Mouse sweats. Mickey. That's perfect. Who's your favorite character to meet in the parks? Goofy. Now, what is Goofy? What is Goofy? (laughs) I asked Goofy himself. I said, what are you? He won't answer. No, he will not. But he's he's so goofy, so no, no, no. He's so fun. Yep, yep. And when you see him in the park, life size, it's like, what are you? Well, so if you can ask any character a question, who would you ask and what would you ask? Would you ask Goofy, what are you? No, I would ask Minnie and I would ask Minnie, what's it like to live with Mickey? What do you think it's like living with Mickey? I think it's probably a hoot every day. Mm-hmm. Because first of all, the voice, the voice tickles me. Because make it talk like this. The voice tickles me. Mm-hmm. And Minnie doesn't say much because I think Mickey always talking. <laughs> she's, I think she's a listener. But I would ask her what, what it's like to just wake up to him every day. Okay. If you could spend a day with Walt Disney, what would you do? I would pick his brain as to how he created all this magnificent fun. What was he thinking when he decided to do this? Mm -hmm. I always want to know who came up with the blueprint, who created the idea, where did it come from in your head that you wanted to create this amusement park and these characters? Where where did that come from? Mm If you can have one special quality of any Disney character, what would it be? 
Probably don't duck because he can swim. I'm a water baby. All right. Roz, during our time together, you mentioned several times that a lot of things were gifted to you. Mm -hmm. You have been a gift to me for the past hour and a half, and I just thank you for being my friend. Thank you for being on the podcast, and thank you for being you. Thank you. I'm so, I'm flattered and blushing. Thank you. It's my pleasure. This is one of the best podcasts I've ever done. Yay! Because it's just fun. It was so light and easy, and I thank you. It's so nice to see you again, and we'll chat soon, okay? Okay. Thank you, baby. And that'll do it for this episode of The Mouse and Me. If you liked what you've heard, please subscribe to the show, rate it, leave a review, and tell all of your friends. And if you didn't like it, well, tell your enemies. Be sure to follow me on the socials by searching The Mouse and Me. You can also email me at themouseandmepodcast at gmail.com and visit patreon.com slash themouseandme to support the show. Okay, that's all for now. Thanks for listening, everyone. I hope you have the best day ever and see you real soon. Mm-hmm.